Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 5. Silly putty with a bang. This is so peaceful. I love the French horns. Who is it? Who's hiding in the crate, Greg? I don't know. It says it says hot tub on the outside of the crate. It sure does. Hot tubs to the mountainside. Oh wow. Oh my goodness. Welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I am your host, Dave Champa. I am your other host, Greg Klein. This is Mullets and Memories, episode 84. Today, Greg and I will be discussing the season five premiere, The Legend of the Holy Rose, part one. <laughs> this, oh man, I, I what a way to open a season. This was pretty good. We're at season five Season now. five, Greg. We're like well over halfway there. We've got... 21, 21, and 14. That's what we got left. So That's we got not much. 40, 50. I can't do the math that quickly. So 20, 56 episodes left okay. in, the season, in the series. That's Tw- not 20 a lot. something weeks left. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm so excited. I love, to I love it. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> um, we'll get into this a little bit before uh, we'll, we'll jump into the episodes uh, shortly. But, Greg, you, you texted me a little bit earlier in the week to tell me that you're watching a movie and. It happened to have an actor from MacGyver in it, and I thought this, this would be a fun little segment to do every once in a while. If we find a movie where we watch a movie with, with an actor from MacGyver, either pre- or post-series, uh-huh. it might be kind of fun to talk about for a few minutes. So you actually texted me earlier. What, what movie were you watching? I watched none other than 1989's... Was it? No, 94. 19, 19, I'm so off. <laughs> I don't even know. 89 was season five. The 1994's Time Cop. And who was in Mr. Time Cop? JCVD himself. That's right. And who is the who is the supporting cast? Um, I don't know, but it was Jean Claude Van Damme and Bruce McGill. That's right, Bruce McGill. The rest and of them, I I don't know. I remember Ron Silver, and that's all I know. He uh, played he played Senator McComb. Oh sure, okay. He, he did a lot back in the mid nineties. Like that was like his thing, like his mm. character. He unfortunately he actually passed away a couple years ago. But um, but yeah, Bruce McGill and you. So I finally I found it and watched it this week too. And what do you think of Time Cop, Dave? I I have my issues with time travel movies in general, and this was no exception. <laughs> it, there were there's a lot of paradoxical stuff going on in the in the movie. I again for a mid '90s Van Damme, I'm a huge fan of mid '90s late '80s Van Damme. Uh-huh. It was great. Yeah, his accent was so thick in this movie, thicker than I remember hearing it mm-hmm. in previous or later movies. Um, but the weirdest part was looking at Bruce McGill. Realizing that this was probably filmed less than two years or less than a year or so after MacGyver ended. Mm-hmm. So you figure they shot this in 93, MacGyver ended in 92, and he doesn't have a mustache. But all I could hear, <laughs> all I could hear was Jack Dalton. He's not the same person. Talking. It's not the same person. His face looks so different without the Dalton mustache. It's true. Um, but I thought he was one of the stronger parts of the, sh- of the movie. He was. Definitely. Yeah, he was good. He was very good. He was good. But again... I I always pick apart the paradoxical it, stuff it with time travel. Uh, you know, it's funny. It was one of those movies that, yeah, it's far-fetched to begin with, but then their own inconsistencies within the movie made yes. it even more ridiculous. Yes, absolutely. So, whatever. And I, I, I only remember <clears throat> that I, I've always, I've actually never seen it until this point, and I've always wanted to watch it because I remember when my dad rented the movie 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. My brother and I, I was 12, my brother was 10, we always wanted to watch the movie, like really badly, like, oh, it's a new Van Damme movie, my dad's like, well, let me watch it, and I'll, I'll leave you a note in the morning if you yeah. can if you can watch, if I think it's appropriate, and so I remember my brother and I went to bed really excited, and we came down, and we ran down the hall, we ran downstairs, and the tape was on the VCR with a big post-it note that just said no. This was Time Cop? No. This was this- Time Cop. Wow, we talked about this on a, somewhere Did else. Did we? We did, yeah. Oh, and so yeah, so the big no, and well. I- I, there's a ton of nudity in it. And I hadn't realized it because this was the first time I'd seen it since I, I've, I'd never seen it up to this point. So I was yeah. like, 
So that's why he said no. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of boobies in this movie. There was movie. a ton. Yeah. <laughs> a, a a very of, oddly placed. Full frontal nudity, a lot of sex. Yeah. Um, so I sort of think that, okay, thanks for shielding me from that, Dad. But Yeah, yeah, well. It's just still not my favorite Van Damme. Uh-huh. My favorite Van Damme was the year after where he did Sudden Death about yeah. the bomb at the hockey game. Oh, God. <laughs> and the yeah. helicopter crashes through the Pittsburgh Penguins state. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Fantastic. Anyway, Time Cop was good. I liked Bruce McGill. I hoped I was hoping for a little more of him, uh-huh. although I liked his little action sequence at the end. <laughs> more of a full-on lumber that he made when he was trying to like get Jean-Claude Van Damme back to 94. Oh, that's true. And like yeah. the guys are coming in there, and he shoots the flames out of the thing. And he's, <laughs> he shoots the flames and the stuff <laughs> and, the, and the rockets. It was good. I, I don't know. What did you think of it? Yeah. It was exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to just go. Ooh. What's, what do we have here? Well, Greg, <laughs> you, you brought us a little treat for well, tonight. I came across um, Sunday River Brewing, which is uh, in Maine, up at Sunday River, the Mountain Mama IPA. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up uh, two one-quart cans of this delicious Maine craft brewed IPA that we are going to um, enjoy during this episode and the subsequent episode next. Next, uh, <laughs> let's see. Hopefully, Legend of the Holy Rose Part Tuesday. Two will be. Um, yeah. So this. So you'll hear us. So we will start drinking on Tuesday's episode, and we will finish drinking on Friday's episode, and hopefully Friday's episode will be coherent because this is a literal quart of beer between the bow between one with one can each. Go ahead. It's a tough open. Oh, man. It's a wide mouth, too. Um, all right. So, Greg, what do you say? Should we jump Woo-hoo! into it? Let's uh, let's jump into Season 5, Episode 1, Legend of the Holy Rose, Part Uno. Part Uno. So this here we are starting a new season with another two-part yeah, uh, two part story, Yeah, which uh, compared to last season, starting with the two-parter, I thought this one fit a lot better and was... M- more well done. Actually, last season was Secret of Parker House. Oh, sorry. You're right. Season you're right. three was Lost Love. Season three, Lost Love. Yeah. Right. My mistake. It's, it's right. like I haven't been watching the show at all. It's like we haven't watched the last 85 episodes. Nope. But it's fine. <laughs> I tend to forget, too. But yeah, so you're right, Greg. So like this is our first two-part episode to like open up a season. But we don't actually jump into The Legend of the Holy Rose yet. The first 15 minutes of the episode is basically treated like an opening gambit. Right. Because it never gets referenced again throughout the next two parts. And so essentially, it's sort of, I'm going to kind of compress this from to 15-minute sequence down to a minute or two. Essentially, MacGyver has been sent in to retrieve a man named Alexander Shannon, who is a journalist and a son of a congressman. This congressman is putting pressure on the Colombian drug lords, and the Colombians are going to use his son as leverage to get their kingpin released from prison. Sure. So MacGyver now has to smuggle himself into this camp in the efforts of rescuing Alexander Shannon. Yeah, and he does That's it. the basic premise of this episode <clears throat> opening. And, and as this started, I'm like, wow, this is going to be pretty intense. It starts off right off the bat. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize it would just be this throwaway story. No, and so like you hear you heard it in the opening clip. You hear like this creaking and cracking. You got like you see this crowbar come out from the inside of a hot tub crate, and then you get this little these eyes pop up, and it's this grease ball <laughs> with this like dirty white bandana and this greasy, gross black like it was a black bandana. black hair. It's a black bandana. Was it? Yeah, because he had a white. T- okay, so here we are. Here's this. This is where MacGyver is. He is inside of a wooden crate. That's marked hot tub. Yep. Inside of a giant cargo net that is dangling underneath a helicopter because it's being delivered to this mountainside drug lord camp. Yeah, basically. Okay? So he's in it. He's peeking out, looking, you know, kind of pops the top of the crate open to look outside. So you get some first person shots of him looking out through the, the netting, to kind of seeing where they're going and that right. sort of stuff. Um, establishing that he's smuggling himself into this camp. Yeah. Did you notice in this scene when MacGyver pokes his head out and you can kind of see the camera like rocking back and forth to see it? Did you notice that the clouds in the background never moved? No. <laughs> it was just like a really it was like a still like a matte painting of clouds behind him. <laughs> and it's just like the camera's just like that's rocking Obviously you're not gonna put MacGyver although you did hang him from a suspension bridge that's in the true. last season, but that's yeah. True. You're not gonna dangle him from 
a helicopter. I just thought it was funny. He's peeking out, and he's got like his hair slicked back and held down with like a bandana. So greasy and he dirty. Looked, he looked like super filthy. Oh, he was. It was complete filth. Yeah. So the helicopter lands and drops the drops the uh, the hot tub box off, and we meet Esteban. For, first, I want I want to say something. Yes. So so. We start. We skipped a little bit. We had the intro. It was I think the song was different? Yeah. And there were some clips in the intro oh, that yes, had been yes. redone. Yeah, re reshot. A lot of them had been reshot. Right. Like eating the ice cream from Thief of Budapest. That was new. That wasn't new. Oh yes, it was. was it really? It was. Okay. They reshot Mac with like the muscle shirt eating ice cream. What else was it? The the, the Nomi Malone shot against the door was reshot. Yeah. The snake. When he That's goes up true. against the snake was reshot, and then the the, fi- the end scene where he goes he goes through the fence, and then you see that one last shot of him when he like takes that exhale. Yeah, they shot they reshot that too. Okay, they reshot these. So, like, they reshot all these. I'm like thinking to myself, why wouldn't you just like like I've seen shows that do show, like each season their opening credits will like replay scenes from the previous season. Yeah, and, like Friends did it all the time. Like season five of Friends would premiere, but their opening credits would have clips from season four. Yes. That makes sense. But why reshoot? These had nothing. These were all like new scenes we had never seen in any of the previous episodes. They even episodes. reshot the Dana Alcar title card. I know, when he's pointing at the map. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, was, that, was that came from the episode where Charlie got blown up in the boat. Right. Yeah. Way back in season one, but they reshot it for season five. Yeah. And the same thing, like Mac on the propeller of the plane. Totally different. With the big hair and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I just... I couldn't find any information on to why they reshot those, like what the purpose was. Keep it updated was. so they look the same. I suppose, but I'm like, yeah, because they look different. Just take this, just maybe reshoot the title card scenes, but like just replace the scenes with scenes from the prior season. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe a couple shots of the Colombian necktie. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Colombia, so they're in, they're in Colombia, right? Yes. So as it's it's cutting back and forth. so out of the intro, it's cutting back and forth, flashing titles and stuff up, and it goes. Colombia, state of Choco, or or Chaco. Yes, I'm like, is that a real place? C C H O C O. Yep. I'm like, I don't think it's a real place. It doesn't really matter. And then the title card that came up is is the gentleman that we've been looking forward to, Mister Christopher Neem. Oh yes, as as Von Leer, Eric Von Leer. And I don't even think it said its first name. Yeah, no, I, I think, think it, it just says as Von Leer. You're as right, Von Leer. Right. I'm like, okay, that's a great way to start. Anywho, back to MacGyver in the crate, landing on the thing. It is a real place, by the way. Oh, okay, great. Choco. Yeah, Choco. It's actually called the Choco Department. It's a department of Colombia known for its large uh, Afro-Colombian population. Okay, cool. So it actually is a real place. All right, which I find is that which I'm actually kind of impressed that they used a real place. Yeah. Um. So MacGyver lands, he gets smuggled in, and so as we meet Estebar, who's like the head of the of the camp, and he goes over to investigate the shipment. He like opens the box and he looks in, and he doesn't see anything. And well, because he he's like the guy's like, I brought your hot tub, and he's like, hot tub? I didn't order a hot tub. Why so, would I need that? And MacGyver's hiding in it. So somehow, somewhere. They got him to deliver a hot tub to this, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because, yeah, his reasoning, the guy's reasoning to Estebar was like, well, maybe he just thinks he needed a little bit of a break. Yeah, meaning. Where's meaning, the water? How are you going to hook this up? Right. How like, are you going to run it? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, MacGyver's hiding, hiding in the hot tub box. Not even that well. He's hiding behind just like the bubble wrap packing. <laughs> I know. Like, like that's it. And so then. Of the parts inside the hot tub. Right, yeah. It's like Estebar leaves and Mac, he's just like, he jumps out. And within seconds, he finds Alexander Shannon, who's just like sitting up against a pile of wood. And he walks up to Shannon and he's like, are you Alexander Shannon? And he sits down next to him because Shannon's kind of working away on some bullshit Yeah, and Shannon goes, oh, you're American. And Matt goes, proud of it. <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> I was like, so just to the image again, Mac's wearing kind of like dirty blue jeans, a white t-shirt, and a, a a a black bandana that's kind of holding his hair back, like slicked back. Yeah, we'll post that'll be the, the that'll be the big picture. Like we'll be, definitely post that one so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about. So yeah, so MacGyver says, "Yeah, I'm from I'm from the U.S." Blah blah blah, and and Shannon's like, "I thought they'd send like somebody or who, where are you from or something like that." Yeah. And MacGyver goes, "Phoenix Foundation," and he says, "Why didn't you? Why didn't they send in you know?" so-and-so like the army or whatever and he goes well phoenix foundation he's like we find we don't have to cut through so much red tape to do this sort of thing so so it's just go- <laughs> all going back line. i love that line to do this sort of thing all going back to the fact that the phoenix foundation is just a think tank right but they're <laughs> apparently they they don't have to cut through any 
legal red tape to get him to smuggle a man into Colombia. No, to smuggle a man into Colombia on multiple levels <laughs> right. because they had to smuggle him to that hot tub. I presume that the pilot, who was American, yes. didn't know that he was in the hot tub. No. I, like multiple levels of smuggling to get this one guy in there. Right. So Mac has to figure out how he's going to get Shannon out of here. And he realizes shortly after he's talking to Shannon, Shannon can't leave because he broke his leg. So he can't go out but, by, by normal necessary means. Like he can't just like climb down the mountain to get out of there. So I, I got to say something. though. I, I made a note. So after the Phoenix, he's saying I'm from the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah. And Shannon's like, oh, great. Like, how are we going to get out of here? And MacGyver says, I don't know, we better we better think up something because I I, I, I didn't want to put on this makeup for nothing. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Mac isn't really dressed differently. Is he actually wearing makeup? Uh, maybe Did he, he was. I'm like, well, he looks <laughs> like he his, he's really tan. Yeah. Did he like mean makeup like he darkened his skin? He looked really like he looked really tan. I know, but it looked a little artificial. It was a little weird. It's like maybe he was, you know, just like, you know, too white, right? <laughs> maybe so I, he he brown faced. I don't know what he did. But is he that looked, a term? Maybe it is now. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So yeah, he's like, we're gonna get you out of here. I brought some climbing equipment. We're gonna go down this rock face. He's like, too well, too bad I can't do that because I tried to do that a couple weeks ago and broke my leg yeah without the climbing equipment right and he, he, and he leans back and his leg is like in a splint yeah and he's still wearing the same dirty jeans and obviously there's a huge gash in his leg right right exactly like, man you looks like you have a compound but he's fracture. walking fine yeah but he can walk <laughs> he can walk fine so he's like hey so macgyver's like hey shannon can you find somewhere for me to be for like the next four hours or so yeah. he's like I-, I got a plan to get us out of here and so like he just so shannon brings macgyver to like this tent like off the beaten path a little bit and so macgyver so here's what he does <laughs> and this is and at this moment i'm like this is what i missed about season four uh-huh. these ridiculous macgyverisms so he takes an old motor an exhaust uh, fan blade, yeah, yeah, garbage bags, duct tape, some tires, and bamboo scaffolding. And what does he build after about four in four hours? In four hours, out of an old motor, like an engine from a cement mixer, yep, a uh, a vent fan, like like big fan blade, yep, um, bamboo scaffolding, uh, what was trash bags, duct tape, tires, and bamboo Tire, scaffolding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does he build? What yeah, does he, what does he build? He builds a powered glider. Yep. An ultralight powered glider, just in four hours, and no one came to check on them. Yep. <laughs> and I love when Shannon realizes like what he's doing. He's like, "Oh God, I think I know what you're building." He's like, "Oh my God, you're crazy!" And Mac looks back and goes, "Yeah, give me a few hours. You'll know for sure <laughs> yeah, if I'm crazy or not." Yeah. And he's just like, he builds this thing in four to five hours. He yep. builds this gliding plane out of freaking seat, bamboo with seat belts. <laughs> no, there were no seat belts. No, because he asks him when he flies. He's like, he goes here, buckle up, and he literally just like ties a rope around oh, his waist. Oh, <laughs> uh, this. It, I mean, it was so far fetched, but I loved it, and I was like, that's what I was missing from season five, four. Yes. Like just that, like ridiculous, over the top, like. MacGyver built a plane out of spare parts in a Colombian drug camp. Like <laughs> that was amazing. Like that was what I, really. Cool. I was like, that's what I've been missing. He's out of the country. He's doing his own thing. Oh, it was just so great. So sure enough, he drops the side of the mess hall tent, and within two seconds, he's got the thing ripcord. He starts it up, and they just start taking off. They take off, and they take off, and he's like, Shannon's like, this is never gonna fly, and MacGyver's <laughs> like, you don't know that. Like you don't know that. And I love the whole scene because they do. They take off and they fight. They get away. Yeah. And you can see MacGyver's got this panic. He's like, shit, this isn't going to go because the thing starts going down. Yeah. He's like, like, oh, shit, this isn't going to make the trip. Oh, my God. It was... It was fun. It was really well done, but it was so stupid. It was. I, I will say that they did bust that myth on Mythbusters MacGyver special. Oh, really? They busted that one. That you can't you can't build a powered <laughs> glider? It won't, it won't fly. Out it of trash fly. bags, duct tape, bamboo. Yeah, they definitely busted that on the Mythbusters. I'm not surprised. The MacGyver special. <laughs> not surprised one bit. No, not at all. If he would have been better just making a glider... Which probably would have been easier because he already did that out of satellite parts once. Yes. And just going down down the mountain a bit. Right. And then running. Right. Oh, wait. No, but what's his name? Couldn't run. But he kind of could. But, but he could. did. And so, yeah. So, no, he flies away. And that is the last time we see. That's 15 minutes into the episode. This sequence ends. 15 minutes in. So, we only have 32 minutes left and in the rest of the episode. I was kind of getting into this. I'm like, where can this go? Like I was excited about it. I was like, "Wow, what are they? How are they going to like turn this into like 
some quest for the Holy Grail. Like, how are they going to do? Right. But then we cut to Mac and Pete walking back onto the houseboat. At night. At night. Like, presumably after Mac got back to the States after this whole mission. And they walk into his houseboat. MacGyver kind of sits down. He's like, Pete, can you have some, un- some, can you call some other agents for the next three months? I got to take a nap. He's like, I'm going to nap. And Pete's like, you got it, buddy. And Mac goes, Pete, the lights. And he goes, I got the lights. And he flips the lights out. And I was like, I just love their relationship. They're just so cute. Like They are. He's just like, I got the lights, buddy. And he flips the switch <laughs> and just leaves. And Mac passes out. Yeah, but Mac passes out on his couch, which he has slept on many times. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's gone to the world at one point. So he wakes up around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And you see his hand come up. And he grabs the remote and turns the TV back on. All the while this is happening, we see this shadowy figure like walking down the dock uh-huh. towards the houseboat. And we have no idea who this is. And we see again, we see Mac turn the TV on. He's like like half in and half out of sleep watching what's going on. Mm-hmm. The camera pans over to the outside of the boat and we see a a disembodied hand basically go over and unplug the houseboat from the power supply. Right. It cuts the power to the boat. We see the TV go off and the clock goes off. And the next morning MacGyver wakes up. And he's really kind of out of sorts, and he looks over, and he's like, the clock's off, mm-hmm. TV's off, and he's like, something doesn't sound right. It's like the boat's almost creaking at a weird noise. Yeah, it's like it's a weird like, noise. He's getting some weird noises, <clears throat> he's like looking around the house, and then it dawns on him. And he runs out to his little deck that's out back and flings the door open, yep. and what does he see? He is in the literally floating in the middle of the bay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no! <laughs> in his houseboat. <laughs> and he was like, what? Like, oh, man, poor MacGyver. It was so, it was so <clears throat> sad. So he goes outside and he's like, kind of like having a panic attack. And we hear this, we hear a boat, another boat like coming around the corner. It like kind of zooms around in front of MacGyver. And it's, a, and it's a woman. And she's like, hey, MacGyver, you remember me? And Mike's like, no. What the fuck are you doing what here? What are you doing? Jeez. And she's like, you don't remember me? We child, we live next door to each other. We were neighbors. We did it. And he's like, Zoe Ryan? He's like, what are you doing here? And like, they have, he has a moment, but then all of a sudden he's like, no, wait, you put my boat in the middle of the bay. No. Like, did you do this? You did this, didn't you? Just tell me you did this. You did. Oh my God. It was, and he, and this is what I loved because it was like, wicked, it was sarcastic Mac, like sarc- to the T. He was just like, just, what do you want? Why are you doing this to me? And she's like, listen, I need your help. And he's like, no, I'm not going to help you. But then she, he pretty quickly, like he like reconsiders it for a minute because then she threatens to like leave him. Well, how did she say it? How did she say to get his attention? So she says this to MacGyver. Just tell me what you want me to do. Help me find the Holy Grail. Indiana Jones already did that. I saw the movie. MacGyver, be serious. <laughs> and I love I, that was such a great moment. Yeah. But she she said basically she said this is the kind, this is how I have to get your attention because Jack Dalton said in order to get MacGyver's attention you have to get you have to get his undivided attention right by doing something crazy like kidnapping him or like untying his houseboat and somehow making it out of the dock so let let's discuss this a little bit <laughs> please let so MacGyver has a houseboat this has been his res- residence for the past two seasons yep so let's say two years he's he's been docked he's yeah. been docked <laughs> right. And the houseboat is like tied up at a at a public dock someplace that is shielded from the open water. It's pretty well landlocked like, that houseboat. Yeah, in order to get out, he would have to negotiate several docks and oh, pr- yeah. protrusions from the shore. So she did this at night by without, herself. Yes, with a with a boat silently towed him out into the middle of the bay. <laughs> Without him <laughs> knowing three it, three o'clock in the morning, or hearing it in the silence of the night. Right. If anyone's been out on the water in the and when it's quiet, you can hear for miles. Oh yes, absolutely. It's ugh. it was ridiculous, and so yeah. So she's like, she's like, I want you to help me find the Holy Grail, and he's like, yeah. And then he has that really fun line. He's like, No, Indiana Jones already did that. I I saw the movie. Like, so, yeah. So let's talk about the time frame. Indiana Jones came out what two uh, fall nine, of eighty, 80 summer 80, of eighty nine. Okay, yeah. 89. So it was literally like the summer after this. Before this episode. Right. So right there, I'm just thinking, okay, right there. Are they riding on the coattails of, of Indiana Jones? Do they you think, had to have been. Do you think that they wrote this last minute? I, it makes you wonder if they did because this is a very 
blatant ripoff. Or they knew Indiana Jones was going to be released. You know, there's, or maybe it was a little homage. We should do some research if there's any if there's any relation between, say, the producers of MacGyver and the producers of Indiana Jones. Well, I'm looking up the re- May 24th, 1989, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This was released. This episode was September of 89. So wow. this was four months. This episode released four months post Last Crusade. So yeah. by all right, re- Last Crusade could very well have still been in some theaters at sure. the point that this was released. Oh, without a doubt. So yeah. this felt like an homage to Last Crusade, and I love it because it really it se- it honestly sets MacGyver in that real world timeline. Like right, Last Crusade exists. Like Spielberg <laughs> exists in this universe. Like uh-huh. and, he, and I just love that. He's like, yeah, no, I already saw like. He is did that, why why do we have to do that? Indiana Jones already got it covered. Right. Is this is this the first recognition that the real world actually exists? I was racking my brain trying to figure that one out and I think it might be like one of the first real world examples like Yeah. It's such a meta moment too. Like it's like in this little <laughs> MacGyver exists outside of time, but then he throws this in and like kind of like grounds the whole yep. show. And it was just great. So, oh, 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 this is interesting. What? If we can we can take the date literally and anchor the date and time of this MacGyver episode, we can build his entire timeline either side of that. Right. So, yeah, Ooh. exactly. So this is September 89, and that's really September 89. Then MacGyver had seen this in the summer hiatus. Yeah. So he saw it summer of 89. Uh-huh. You can definitely timeline that. Love it. It's great. It's great. So anyway, so he eventually kind of, he does agree after a certain amount of time. And so Zoe explains to MacGyver, like, after he, she, uh, somehow they redock the houseboat, but we don't actually see it. So yeah, we don't we, see it. We imagine that. that they've redocked it. And MacGyver goes with Seven hours Zoe. later. Seven yeah. hours later, he goes with Zoe to the university that Zoe works at. Zoe is a, is a professor. No, she's not a professor. I think she just like, she's like in a research department. Yeah, but I thought she was a professor. <clears throat> Maybe she is a professor. I don't remember. Doesn't That's matter. That's bad. I watched this yesterday. Anyway, so she tells MacGyver, she's like, they, they cut my funding. She's like, the university is really against me, and they're not going to fund me for any more, any more expeditions or archaeological digs, so I need your help finding the Holy Grail, because if I can prove to them that what I'm about to find is it's going to put us on the map. She's like, I, but they won't fund me to do this. So I need your help. But she said, she probably said about a hundred times more than that. Oh yeah. Because once she starts talking, I love this. Yeah. She doesn't stop. Max like Zoe, 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 what I'm trying to tell you this and this and this. And so, yeah, so she's just, she's talking a thousand miles a minute. And I love this next scene because MacGyver, they're at the university and they're getting ready to go to her office or her I think they're going to her apartment. And we see this guy, he's like he's like, Zoe huh. And MacGyver's like, Oh, is this another one of your fans? He's like, Yeah, it's a football coach. His name was Grogan. And Coach Grogan. Coach Grogan shows up and he's like ripped at her. He's like, What are you doing? What are your students doing on my football field? Why is this happening? And they go to the football field and the camera pans around to the field and twenty five of Zoe's students have dug up the entire football field because apparently the field has been built on an Indian burial ground and they're uh, excavating. Or old village. No, an old village. village and they're excavating it. Right. And I love this. The coach is like, well, you better get this field restored to me by the upcoming game this weekend. Well, she's, she said she had a good argument. She's like, your your department has thou- like tons and tons of money. Mine doesn't have anything. So I'm nurturing my students, like my students' brains. Can't you see that? Right. And yeah, he was not having it. But it's true. A- athletics always gets the it, money. Absolutely. It's <clears throat> so true. And uh, But yeah, like... I was surprised. That really kind of it almost okay. Here we go to remember in, as we started this this uh, review of MacGyver, we were talking about trying to find strong female characters. Yes, and how we were hard. It was hard pressed to find good characters. But here we are. This is a woman who's of self starter, very independent. Right. Um. Obviously, is a professor or a teacher at a college. Mm-hmm. Um. Very capable. But then does something so outlandish, like allowing her students to dig up the football field. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What? what do you, I don't understand what she's. They're trying to make her look like. Like she's that right. extreme. Right. Like if I encountered somebody like that, I'm like, okay, you're. You have absolutely no idea how to get anything done without pissing people off. Right. A, you can kidnap MacGyver and his house exactly to get him to do something as opposed to just talking to him. And right. you had your students dig up the football field. And I'm like, no wonder the university, she feels like they're against her because this guy's like, you better have this field 
back to normal by the time the game comes up this week. Impossible. You're going to have to fix it, reseed the whole thing, plant, like, no. Yeah. And you're saying your department doesn't have any money. And you feel like the university is against you. Of course they're against you. You just destroyed their football field. Right. Uh, Anyway, it was one of those weird kind of character choices. And, like, they could have had her do something else. Right. That wasn't so insane. Yeah, exactly. So... So that scene, you know, so that scene ends, and we see MacGyver uh, going with Zoe to her to Zoe's apartment, and MacGyver Zoe's like, MacGyver, when you see what I have to show you, you're not going to believe your eyes. And she opens her apartment door, and you see this this fist come out and just cold cock MacGyver right in the face, and then pushes him over, and he runs. And this guy runs out. And, and but but she's screaming. Zoe's like, MacGyver, stop him! Yes, why stop didn't him, you stop MacGyver! Him? You let him get away. Why didn't you stop him? Oh no, no! I hope they didn't find it. And she runs inside. She's like, I hope they didn't find it. He's like, What the hell, Zoe? Yeah, what, ha- what the hell? And clearly, her apartment has been ransacked. Like it's all everything's flipped over. And but <laughs> the funny thing is. MacGyver sees that her apartment's been shredded, or his, her. I, I'm going to assume that it's her her office at work, but it's very apartment. It looks like an yeah, like she could live there. Yeah, but uh, it's big. But then he just kind of sits down and doesn't say, "Hey, we should call the police." Right. Like there's not her house has obviously just been ransacked. Right. And nothing happened. And she's panicking because she's like, "Oh my god, they're not, they found it. They took it. They're not going to figure it." And she's like, she finally reaches under the couch mm. and she pulls out a pillow. Yeah. And I don't know what was on the pillow. I can't remember. It was well, like- basic. It's very, it's very reminiscent of when they go back to Doctor Jones's apartment house. Yeah, when Indy and and Marcus go to his house and it's been ransacked. Right, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, very. I'm like, oh my god, it's it's like paralleling. I very would like much. to imagine that this is homage style, not yeah. com- not blatant plagiarism. No, I'm gonna say, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but she pulls out this uh this this. Funny looking pink and purple pillow. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, good God, I found it! I found it! Great, wonderful! It's still here." Right, and so, so she finally starts explaining to MacGyver like what what really is going on. So she this is the first time we we hear the name Eric von Leer, von Leer, and he's a gem ma- uh, or a or precious stone magnate, magnate, <laughs> yeah, whatever you call it. like whatever. Yeah, okay. So he's into precious stones, basically. Like that's like his thing, <clears throat> and apparently von Leer. Had like secretly funded Zoe's last expedition to Greece, yeah. which is where she ended up with this this item, and so she discovered that that von Leer was responsible for the funding, and she apparently has something against him at this point. She's like, I didn't want any more funding from him, so I just said, no, I'm not going to take any more money from him. I don't want him to have his name or his stink all over this because yeah because he funded it through the school so she didn't know where the money was coming from but she found out then he wanted all the artifacts that she found because he was paying for it right and then wanted to fund a second expedition that's when she said no pissed off the school pissed off von Lear. right and now she's kind of a rogue agent right so yeah so the college cut her funding and so that's when you said so she went rogue and she smuggled back an artifact from greece say that again she smuggled back an artifact from greece Say that again. She smuggled back an artifact from Greece. With more intonation. She smuggled back an artifact from Did Greece. I was I really getting No, I was just being a jerk a jerk because I wanted to I wanted to make it sound like you were making a rhyme. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it didn't work. How's that beer treating oh, you? Man, it's feeling good. I don't even know how much I've drunk yet. Do I sound drunk? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, good. So inside this pillow, we find out a few minutes later, is uh, is the artifact it, as it's, she as she tears open the pillow and as they're walking through a bit of the school she's dumping the stuffing all over the ground right yeah just like she's, throwing it on the ground she doesn't care she's at this point she's like university fucking hates me mm-hmm. whatever <sighs> so she pulls out this it looks like a bowl mm-hmm. but apparently what it is is it's referred to as diana's mirror okay which is which is the artifact and so according to history it was made by a man named ambrose who is a 12th century alchemist mm and MacGyver, this is what I love, MacGyver's like, no, I'm not going to help you. I refuse to, I, I really, keeps, I'm not going to. He keeps I, glancing at it and, <laughs> and starting to read the writing on it. It's like, I'm not interested. I'm not yeah. interested at all. I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to so he buckles again. have another part in this. Like, and, uh, yeah. he, he's just, he, he gets off on the thrill of the, he just, that thrill of that adventure and just, he really, but I love it. Ooh, he's just puzzle. Like, he's, I like puzzle. Yeah, he's like, I want, I want that puzzle. I want to learn, I want to learn everything about it. And so, of course, he agrees to do this again. He's like, fine, I'll go with you. Let's just do this. Where do we need to go? So we cut to the guy who punched MacGyver, and he's getting into a limo. And this is where we get our first glance 
at Von Lear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a cigar in his mouth, and the camera like zooms in, and we get this chiseled jawline. Mm, Von and it's, Lear. I, oh, he looks so good. And, of course, we know who it is. It's it's the man. It's Christopher Neem. We played mm. Quail, but without the, without the creepy mustache. So I just want to say, <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't brought up Quail in quite a while. No. For our, our listeners that maybe be just be catching up like recently, uh, we obsessed about a character called Quail. What was the name of that? Death it was uh, Lock? season one, episode 13, Deathlock, I believe. Deathlock. This yeah. guy who wired up a house with all these booby traps to kill MacGyver. And it was played by Christopher Neem. And the guy was like... He was fantastically oh, yeah. crazy. Crazy hair, like pencil-thin mustache. Yeah. yeah. It was just great. So here he is again as Eric Von Leer, but I still want to pretend that he's Quail, only under a new identity. <laughs> that's that's what I was going with, because he looks so different. Like He's got like the slicked hair. He's got like perfect hard part. Uh. He's got this beautiful jawline. Well, like, he went to prison and broke out. Who, Cha- Quail? Yeah, Quail went to prison, <laughs> broke out, changed his name, and then became Von Lear. How about that? That's perfect. Great. Let's go with that. That'll be our backstory. <laughs> so he, so this guy who who hit MacGyver, he's, he's talking to Von Lear, and, and his assistant's sitting in the front. His assistant's name is, is, is Shima. Shima. His name is Shima. And they're sitting in a limo, and, and the guy confirms to Von Lear. He's like, listen, Zoe made this claim about the Temple of the Holy Rose. It does exist. And this, the Temple of the Holy Rose has a giant ruby inside of it. Mm-hmm. And that's really what... Uh, quail. <laughs> yes! Ah! And that's really what Von Lear really wants. Like He wants, he wants this, this... There's a huge ruby, apparently, that lives within the Temple of the Holy Rose. Right. And the, guy, the guy's like, listen, I don't believe anything that you're telling me. Like He's like, I don't believe that this temple holds the secret to immortality. He's like, Shima, Shima might think differently. He's like, but I don't believe any of that mumbo-jumbo. Mm-hmm. And so Von Lear orders Shima. He's like, yeah, just can take care of this guy. Well, it's funny because, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> just to be, to be clear, um, this guy, I don't even think we caught his name. I don't think he had a name. So the guy that no. punched MacGyver that was in Zoe's office ran back, said he didn't have the artifact, and Von Lear's all pissed, like, did they see you? He's like, yeah, but they can't They can't make me. They don't know who I am. He's like, okay, well, that's a loose end. After all of the trouble we've been through, you go and screw up like this. Um, but he lets the guy explain that he's not really, he doesn't really believe in the in the, in the the tale. Does Von Lear believe in the tale of the yeah. Holy Grail? And it's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and then he has Shimmer. Shimmer. Shima, Shima, Shima. Shuma. Shoot him in the car. Right. And all I could think of is, Ah oh, shit! I just blew Marvin. I shot Marvin to the face. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and the mess. And Why he's sitting he sh- right next to Von Lear, so there's no reason. Like, and Von Lear's clean. Yeah, you blow the guy's head off in the back of a car. Von Lear's going to be covered in blood. I would assume they they probably <laughs> shot him center of mass. Probably but maybe from essentially point blank range. Probably would have gone through him and ruined the car. Right. But no. Anyway. It's the bit that we cut to commercial. <laughs> that's how that's how hardcore Von Lear is. Yeah. He's willing to ruin the interior of his limousine to make a point. While smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah. He was smoking he was, a cigar, wasn't he? Was he was ripping that cigar big oh, time. Come on. Let's sucking on that cigar. <laughs> so we cut back to Zoe, and she's explaining to MacGyver about like what, this, what the Temple of the Holy Rose is. And she says to MacGyver that the temple may actually have some evidence um, that Ambrose collected. And, and this evidence is supposedly what it's supposed to show is that mankind had lived in peace and harmony. So let's just say that she's telling him all this stuff in a stream of consciousness in one breath, unpunctuated for like 30 seconds. You find the scene. You'll find it's, it's, it's fascinating because she does. She's like... <laughs> basically, yeah. She's like, this evidence shows that mankind lived in peace and harmony and apparently Zoe wants to share the knowledge with the world so that humankind now can learn that same lesson yeah basically is what she says in five and a half minutes <laughs> so so then we meet professor wyclef cliff wyclef yeah professor wyclef who interestingly enough you brought this up and i'd forgotten about it was the same guy who played the knight at the end of indiana jones and the last crusade right one of the brothers one yeah. of the three brothers that yeah. is guarding the grail right and I'm like, oh my god, really? The parallels are getting even more and more ridiculous. And I was like, I know he looks familiar. And, and then you told just, me. I was waiting for him. I was waiting for him. And I'm just going to say it doesn't happen. I was waiting for him to say, you have chosen wisely. <laughs> it would have been such a great... I mean, it it would have been, been an in moment. It, it would have been, been brought it all together. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, so good. Absolutely. But so, it didn't happen. Nope. So Wycliffe basically explains... A little bit more about the temple. And he basically says, so the temple contains what is referred to as the cauldron of regeneration, <laughs> which is commonly known as the Holy Grail. Sure. 
and he go they're they're at the university library and they're looking through Ambrose's papers and uh, Ambrose apparently had built the Temple of the Rose in a very secret location and the key to finding this temple according to Wycliffe and Ambrose's papers lie in there's three different artifacts that they have to find in order to get access to the temple mm-hmm. Diana's mirror which they already have the scepter of the triple deity mm-hmm. And the Holy Rose. Sure. So they need to find these three artifacts in order to put them somehow together to reveal the location of the Temple of the Holy Rose. Mm. It's pretty cool. I was like, all right, this is kind of neat. It's like a five. And we're about three quarters of the way through part one. And so I'm like, all right, cool. So part two is going to be this great shit. I thought it was really cool. And then at this point, I wrote, God, Zoe bugs me. (laughs) I hated her and we'll talk about it a little more as we get to the end of the episodes you really yeah you I did to not me. like her it didn't it didn't deter me from giving the episodes positive ratings because everyone else rose above all of this but yeah. she was blah. well let's say was it because of the character or the actress I think it was because she was not a good actor Oh, you don't. You didn't like I her. didn't think she was a good actor oh, okay unfortunately I thought oh. she was not great I thought I could have seen I could have seen a Terry Hatcher doing that part if she hadn't already taken Penny Parker. I could have seen I'm trying to think of other female actors on the show. Deborah. She has, I could have seen Deborah and a different re if she hadn't just appeared in the finale of yeah. 4, I could have seen them using her as Zoe in the season 5 premiere. I love how we're not actually saying the actual actors names because I don't remember them. Neither do I. <laughs> I. Don't remember them. Um so anyway, so they're sort of they're deciphering the writing on this mirror on Diana's mirror and and they and it indicates on the mirror that the scepter of the triple deity can be found at an abbey in 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 England. Mm-hmm. And so that's where they're going and I wish that they had had a scene like they in, in the last crusade where they travel by map. Oh, that'd be great. Where it's just, you see the plane but then you see like the red dot traveling across the- i wish that we had had a moment of that that would have been phenomenal i would have loved if they did a little bit more like that that would have been that would have been <laughs> that great. would have been awesome oh sure so on the mural there's also another passage and on this passage it refers to something exercising not like running but like exercising the demons yeah. so like getting rid of the demons so there's a passage on this mirror that talks about exercising these unclean spirits and MacGyver's like, dude, that sounds really familiar. He's like, where have I fucking heard that before? Yeah. And he kind of like puts it in the back of his head because he's hoping that somewhere it'll, it'll kind of click with him. And so Zoe's like, MacGyver, why don't you just go ahead and why don't you come with me? Come with me to London. He's like, because listen, listen, MacGyver. He's <laughs> like, Ambrose is really, Ambrose had this inventive spirit. And he's like, she's like, this is, it's, it's the same thing that I really like about you, MacGyver. Like you just, you have the spirit about you. And I think you'd be such a great addition to this team. And okay, gosh, like Wycliffe, going and, going and Wycliffe's and like, well, sounds like someone's paying you a compliment. And MacGyver oh. goes, MacGyver goes, yeah. Oh, right. So, because she says, every time I thought of Ambrose, I thought of you. Right. You so have very like, similar qualities. She's buttering him up. She's like, I admire this about you because like Ambrose was such an inventive spirit. You're an inventive spirit. And like, I really appreciate that about you. And like I said, Wycliffe is like, ooh, somebody's getting a compliment from her. And MacGyver's like, yeah, well, sounds like a snow job to me. I was like, okay, snow job. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that like to get snowed. I've heard that phrase before. That's basically what it is. It's just to get snowed. But let's see, snow job don't look up the one in the urban dictionary snow job is also the name of a gi joe character okay um but the actual there he is yeah the actual definition of snow job is an intensive effort at persuasion or deception yeah i have a deception or concealment of one's real motive in an attempt to flatter or persuade exactly it is not what the urban dictionary said oh actually Urban Dictionary just has Snowjob listed as the character from G.I. Joe. Okay. So, yeah. So, we, But I just, at first, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, oh, I know that's not what they mean, but God, that's gross. Oh, you know who Snowjob is? Who? What the fuck are you kids doing on my oh, fucking like? Da- get off my like, Dow, get off. <laughs> Give him the stick, Dow, give him the stick. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's right. So that was a little, a little, um, G.I. Joe PSA for you. Thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. So eventually, so MacGyver, once again, is convinced to go to London with Zoe. So they arrive in London, and Zoe immediately, they get out of the cab, and MacGyver's getting ready to check into the hotel, and Zoe's like, no, what are you doing? We're not going to the hotel. He's like, she's like, we got to go to the Abbey. We have to check in there. We got to figure all this out. We got to figure out where we're going to go. Zoe, shut up. And she was like, but MacGyver, we just have to go there. And without a fight, MacGyver's like, all right, fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Let's go to the Abbey. It's fine. Like, Let's I was going to, yeah, he wanted to get all cleaned up. He's like, I didn't fly all the way over here just to go to a hotel. We're leaving right now. Like, I won't be able to sleep. Like fucking, I won't be able to eat. I'm dirty. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So let's remember right now. Okay. So MacGyver and Zoe flew over across the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, I don't know, f- six hours, let's say. It's, well, I'll tell you right now. When I flew from Logan to London, it was a 12 hour flight. But l- she mentioned the Concorde later. So let's assume oh, they okay. took the Concorde. So yep. maybe that's six hours. Okay. Or five. Direct. Yeah, all right. right? Okay. That makes sense. So they get off the plane, they go to the hotel, but don't get out. So MacGyver never gets a chance to eat or take a shower. Right. Let's just keep that in mind. Right. <laughs> yes. So. They get back in the cab and they drive towards the Abbey and then the camera like pans up to behind a tree and we see Shima. He's like holding the newspaper like really awkwardly. I am not just Shima. <laughs> he's like hiding behind there and like he runs over to a payphone and he gets on the phone and he starts talking to somebody and he goes, I want you. They're on their way. I want you to make sure that they have a proper greeting. And then he like hangs up the phone. I was like, oh. All he had to say <laughs> was they're on their way. Right. Nope, he had to throw in that. They must have a proper... Yes, I know, Mr. Shima. Did you recognize Shima? We've talked about this before. I didn't until you you said after. So Shima, and again, I don't know actor names because I'm terrible. He is... The biggest thing I can remember him from is he played Mickey, the prison inmate from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And he's yelling at Pee-wee about ripping off the tag on the back of the mattress. You know what I did? I cut it off. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, it was great. So this would have been... Like two years later, because Pee Wee was 87, so this was right after Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Awesome. It was amazing. Obviously, he had his big break and went right to MacGyver. He went right into MacGyver as Shima. <laughs> so MacGyver and Zoe arrive at the Abbey, and they realize at this point, like, the Abbey has sort of been converted into an attraction. Mm. It's like it's like a house of horrors, but it's, 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 it's a, a torture chamber. It's a torture museum. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so they walk in, and they meet up with the, they see the manager. Her name's Eunice. And she's like, oh, no, I'm sorry, we get, we're closing up for the day, but we'll like, come back tomorrow. Like, I've heard accents like hers, but it felt so put on. It really did. Are you doing, governor? Yes. That's like, a- oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's- oh, you here to see the torture museum? Yeah, we're closed for the day. And that's even a terrible accent on my part. That was awful. Yeah. And I apologize that if my friend from Britain is listening that I just butchered your language. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so she's like, yeah, she's like, oh, we're closing for the day, come back tomorrow. And MacGyver's like, well, we really need to get in there and take a look. I'm sorry, like, the rules are the rules, I gotta go, and so MacGyver, like, pulls out a wad of uh, whatever. Oh, well, she said, I have to go see my hairdresser at four. Oh, that's right, and so MacGyver, like, flips over, and he, like, he pulls out, like, this wad of cash, and he hands it to her, yeah. and he goes, he goes, what did he say, something like, about... this is for your hairdresser, for being late. Yeah. She's like, oh. Mac, you smooth okay. mf Yeah, I'm like, jeez, okay, that's where he gets the Mac from. And she's like, you've got ten minutes. Yeah. She's like, all right, that's fine. The Rhine in spine falls mindly on the plane. That's almost, (laughs) oh, Jesus. (laughs) This beer is starting to get to me a little bit. I know, I'm going to stop until the next episode. So they get to the main chamber, and MacGyver, they're like wandering around, they're like looking for some sort of a clue as to what this could be, and MacGyver remembers, he's like, wait, he's like, what was that phrase again about, it was like, she's like, oh, it was, uh, you, you must exercise these unclean spirits, and MacGyver's like, that's right. He's like, I heard that. He was like, it was a, uh, a couple, a year or so ago. I heard this. It, it was, at it a, was a, like a month or so ago. Was it a month or so yeah, ago? Yeah, it was very recently. So recently, in fact, that I'm like, wasn't he in Colombia trying to throw, rescue a, a yes. prisoner? Anyway, he heard it at a baptism of his nephew or something. Right. Like and sh- so he's like, wait, what did, did he say nephew? I think he said, did he say his I will have to listen again. Maybe. Damn it. Damn it, why don't we remember I don't remember what he said. Because if he said nephew, that means that he has a sister. And he's supposedly an only child. Or a brother. And he's supposedly an only child. Uh, We'll have to go back and watch that. I actually have to find that out. So we'll tell you you guys at the next episode when we wrap up the second part of the show. Yes, exactly. So he realizes that they're referring to the unclean spirits like when you baptize a child. Like you want to get rid of anything unclean before you baptize this child. So Mm -hmm. like we need to look for something that resembles like a baptismal or somewhere where you would have baptized a child. And so they find it behind like this display. They pull down these four curtains. And sure enough, there's a baptismal there. And so Zoe pulls out Diana's mirror and she puts the mirror in the basin and she lines up the markings with it. And as she lines up each marking, these scepters start coming out from the top of like, the baptism. It's like this whole kind of clockwork assembly that's yeah. inside the rock. And as they line up the the mirror that they, or the basin thing that they uh, – it's hard to explain. Basically, as she turned it, like the, the it pushed the scepters out of the rock that were hiding deep inside the, right. the, the baptismal and so, thing. 
they're like, oh, the scepter. There's the tri-. so they realize that it was the scepter of the triple deity, triple meaning three. That's why there are three scepters in there. So they now have to use three scepters to try to figure out what they're going to do. So right. now they have two out of the three artifacts to get into the temple of the Holy Rose. And as they're getting these scepters out, we see Eunice come around the corner. I don't know if she has the gun yet. Um, Does she have the gun yet when she comes around the corner? Uh, she said something. Uh, yeah, I she think she mentioned like- something, but she comes around the corner, and you realize at this point that she's been working for Von Lear as well. So, like, she tipped them off that they were arriving. So, well, I'm get okay. All right, okay. So, they knew what Abby to go to. Obviously, if this was if Eunice was working there, either they recently bought her. Right to to do this, or they they got rid of the original person and Eunice took her place. Right, the original caretaker or whatever. Right, which is why she was leaving at the end of the day to go to get her hair did. Right, exactly. So she shows up with the gun and she comes in and Von Leer, Shima, and this big beefcake dude named Mammon. <laughs> We haven't seen until the end of the Mammon. Episode. That is a beefcake. He's name. such a beefcake, and he should. Those these three guys show up behind Eunice. And very, very Dolph Lundgren. Yes, he. But he had like this like slicked back <laughs> red hair with this big bushy red beard. Mammon Lundgren, maybe his <laughs> long lost cousin. Mammon Lundgren. So basically, they're going to force Zoe to lead them to the temple because now that they have two out of the three artifacts, and they're like, "Well, MacGyver is expendable, so let's go ahead and get rid of him." But he he says it in such a great way. He's like, "Oh yes, Mister MacGyver, we've looked you up. We know who you are. We know all this stuff. And while your skills would be invaluable to us, you're way too dangerous to keep around. So right. we're going to kill you. Right. Shoot him." And so Zoe's like, "Nope, nope, nope, nope. We're not going to do that." So she takes the scepters and she she puts them in the wheel of like it's like a cog. Like she puts them in the wheel of it's, this rack. It's a torture device. Yeah, and it's meant for like crushing fingers and feet and stuff. Right. And she she threatens to crush these scepters she's like you're gonna let him go or i'm gonna crush every single one of these scepters go ahead dr jones drop them they will be found <laughs> oh that, wait i'm sorry wrong move wrong 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 completely show completely wrong wrong movie. show so in response to that she's like all right fine if you're gonna th- if so she threatens to crush them but what what ends up happening to lead them to the next scene where they start tying macgyver up is that nothing that, oh, so there wasn't anything that happened. No, basically, okay, so she's like, I'm going to crush these things um, if you don't let MacGyver live. And they're like, okay. So they, they, they're holding MacGyver, so they're not together. So Mammon or, or um, Shima goes to get the scepters and then has all three of them and walks back to MacGyver with the scepters. And then Von Lear's like, all right, tie him down on the, on the sarcophagus. Yes. Which is right in the middle of the room. So it's this big like monolith thing lying down in the middle of the and room it's like the, a table. It's the slowest tie up I've ever like he's not even MacGyver's not even struggling to get out of this no. bondage. Like they're just slowly they, they chain both his hands, they chain his feet to the sarcophagus. Right. Really slowly. And like Zoe's not doing anything over there to try to get him out of Which this. Which is also funny. Okay, all right. So <laughs> so Von Lear was just about to shoot MacGyver because he can't have him around because MacGyver's too dangerous. Absolutely true. Good move on Von Lear's part. Yeah, absolutely. But then he makes the deal with Zoe not to kill MacGyver if she gives back the scepters. So she does. So instead of, once Von Lear has the scepters, instead of shooting MacGyver, he ties him down to this big table. Right. Right. Which, <sighs> Von Lear, indeed, you're going James Bond villain on me. And so he walks over to this like spigot. And he turns on a spigot, and he starts like this water starts flowing out of a spigot, and and at the same time this is happening, a pendulum with he a release, giant yeah he releases it from the wall yes and it's it's just basically this this giant blade that's just yeah. like swinging back and forth above MacGyver, and he lets this water starts flowing out from a nearby tank, and what's happening is as soon as the water fills up a metal spoon, the metal spoon dumps the water which is attached to a ratchet, and then that ratchet as soon as the as soon as the spoon drops. The ratchet drops the pendulum. Right, the whole blade drops a notch. Right. So we all know what this is. It's a pendulum torture. It's a big blade that swings back and forth and slowly cuts you in half. You just watch yourself slowly be cut from the torso down. Right. Beautiful. And it's great. And so she's like, and so that's what he decides that he's going to, he's going to leave, he's going to leave MacGyver. And so uh, Zoe has no choice. She surrenders the scepters, like you said, and Von Leer's men take her and they leave. They grab the scepters and they leave. And right before they leave, this is what Von Leer has to say as as he's walking away. I'm sure that your expertise would be very useful in our quest for the Temple of the Holy Rose, but uh, 
As I said before, you're just too dangerous. Intriguing, isn't it? It's so good. It's amazing. You could tell, like, okay, so Von Lear got this pendulum thing going, which I, I, I wrote down, this thing actually still works. Right. In a, in a torture museum, they actually have a functioning pendulum. Right. It's going to chop someone in half. Um, but you can tell Von Lear was kind of torn. He wanted to stay and watch. You could see it. Yes. He's like, it's intriguing, isn't it? <laughs> he really wanted to stay and, like, see if this was going to actually right. work. But no, he left. So that's it. Here we are. That's the end of uh, part one. Right. We freeze frame with the pendulum in mid-swing and MacGyver tied to a sarcophagus. And MacGyver really hasn't said anything in the past like two or three minutes. No. No. And what I love about the way this ends is this wasn't a one-night event, like a two-hour MacGyver. They had to, the viewers back in 1989 had to wait a whole week right. for part two. So I'm just going back to what we were talking about, how MacGyver and, and Zoe flew over here. MacGyver wanted to go to the hotel, get cleaned up, but couldn't. So here he is, uh, strapped down under a pendulum, and he hasn't even gotten to take a shower yet. No. It's probably a couple hours later. He's yeah. starting to feel really grungy, but his lower half is going to be cut off, so that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> I have to say that pendulum was pretty awesome. I, I thought it was a great way to end the episode. It was a really great way to to end the the the, the first part of the show. I it was a, it was a great first half of the season opener. I don't know what really kept it back for me was fucking Zoe. Uh, too I, bad. I just didn't. I thought she was too <clears throat> too manic. I thought a better actress could have done the part more effectively. Okay. I don't know. I just I it's, uh, you're right. The delivery mm, was a little she really graded on me. <laughs> she okay. She she could yeah okay. All uh, right, I'll I'll give you that. It a little was bit. it was bad. It was bad. Thankfully, the second part, I think she gets a little. Things get a little more tolerable. Um. So so my my mullet ratings work out. I gave it a mullet for the whole opening gambit. I'm calling it a gambit because okay. it had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. You're right. It's true. So one mullet for that. I gave a mullet to Von Lear in the jawline. <laughs> um, one moment for sarcastic MacGyver. He was in full on sarcasm mode for most of this episode. Right. Like with he was yelling at Zoe oh, or when anything. Have we seen him like that, yelling at Jack. A tractor. A tractor yelling at that, him. That was what reminded me when he goes, What do you want me to do? And he's screaming at her from the houseboat. But that, you can I, s- <sighs> I still get the feeling though, I don't it's not MacGyver, I think it's Richard Dean Anderson. There's some bits where you can almost tell he's holding back. He's not going. He's not yes. going full tilt. Yes, he's like eighty-five percent. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And then I gave it a mullet for the whole end sequence with the pendulum. I just okay. thought it was a really. It's a really cool set piece. Obviously, I think a four hundred or more than that four hundred year old pendulum, yeah. not going to work that effectively. Yeah. But anyway, four mullets for the part one of the season opener for me. Fantastic. Definitely. All right. So this one, I was actually quite taken by this episode. I thought it was well done, and I. I've gotten to the point where I'm realizing that MacGyver is really slipping out of reality pretty heavily. Oh, yeah. The first season, he was it was pretty grounded, but now it's really starting to get a little far-fetched. Yeah. So I'm, I'm letting this stuff slide a little bit more. Yep. So one mullet for the bamboo plane, because that is absolutely insane. That's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. So stupid. So dumb. And they wasted 15 minutes of an otherwise pretty cool plot. Right. Um, so one mullet for Zoe stealing Mac on his houseboat. So, yes. kidnapping Mac on a houseboat was fantastic. I thought that was idiotic. How the hell did she right, get him out right. there? So dumb, over the top. We're, we're starting to get into Murdoch territory. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one mullet for the blatant Indiana Jones vibe. Absol- vibe, And yep. they even mentioned it, uh, you know, oh, Indiana Jones. Um, I love that So, moment. it's just so obvious. So, they, they called themselves out right in the beginning. So, yep. they knew it. Um, and one mullet for the friggin' pendulum. I mean... Either it was a replica that worked or someone rebuilt some. There was a freaking functioning pendulum. I mean, if Murdoch can build an entire dungeon scenario right. in the well, basement of a theater. Not just that. There was a pendulum there with a tank of water ready to go. So the, it was like a timer. So like we were talking about it, like the water filled in the thing. Like a Chinese, uh, or not China, like in a Japanese garden with a little uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, bamboo, yeah. Like, yeah. Boop, fills up with water. Poop, click, click, click. Loved it, but it was all ready to go, which yeah. is funny. Oh, absolutely! Water, um, wa- water was already in the tank. You're gonna hate me. I gave, I gave half a mullet for Zoe because I actually you, did like yeah, her. You're absolutely entitled to. I like, thought yeah. that she was uh, a good, a good, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, opposite of MacGyver. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because absolutely, they played off each other well. And half a mullet for freaking Von Lear slash Quail. Oh, he was so good. 
Von Quayle. So good. We get him in next episode, and then we get him again in season seven as a different character. So that was five mullets for me. Uh, t- wow. Kicking off the season with a fiver. I don't know. Either I was feeling really good watching this, or I, I was I was really into it. I'm I think like, this it's is that, fun. I think it's because you haven't worked in two weeks. That's true. <laughs> I think you're just like, this is great. I'm getting into it. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, I mean, still, I, I mean, still for both of us, I mean, you obviously rated it higher, but I think we're both... In, in agreement that this was a hell of a first part. I think we're also coming off of a high of last season, too. That's, last season that's, was great. Yeah, that's true. And so I think we're really riding it, and I hope that they continue with it. Um, so I don't really think we need to talk much about what's coming up in the next episode. It's Legend of the Holy Rose Part 2. Um, they continue the search for the Holy Rose, <laughs> and we imagine that MacGyver in some... Maybe he won't make it out. I don't know. He probably, he'll probably um, die. But yeah, Legend of the Rose Holy... Legend what? of the Rose Holy... <laughs> Legend of the Holy Rose Part 2 will be coming up in the next episode, and we'll be looking forward to doing that. We will also be, we will let you know um, about that moment where if he refers to his nephew or not, we'll let you know at the top of that next episode. So, But I also also just want to do another quick shameless crossover promotion that we just recently recorded another episode of Champ and Klein Blow Your Mind. So if you've been listening to Mullets and Memories and kind of like our style, listen to, uh, I don't know, episode... 57 will be coming this this Sunday. This coming Sunday, episode yep. 57 of Champ and Climb Blow Your Mind. Just Dave and I do general discussion. We talk about some movies and what we, what's been going on in our lives. <laughs> I may or may not have pretended to vomit uncontrollably, making my daughter <laughs> laugh hysterically. <laughs> yeah, give that a shot if you got some time. <laughs> yeah, please. We, we would appreciate that. And any anything you can, uh, any, any support you can give us would be awesome. Um, so that's going to wrap it. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for joining us back for season five. We've got a hell of a season coming up, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you like this and you like what you heard, you like hearing Greg and I uh, you know, poop all over MacGyver and, and love on him too, uh, hit us up on Facebook, uh, Champ and Klein Blow Your Mind. Twitter is Blow Your Mind 14, Instagram at Champ Klein. Our email address is lettusblowyourmind at gmail.com. You can also find us on champacline.com where you can find not only the entire backlog of episodes of Mullets and Memories, but um, all 57 episodes of Champ and Klein Blow Your Mind, as well as the 24 hours of our 24 uh, hour podcast, the 1440. So be sure to head over there and check them out if you if you have the chance. Um, but that's going to wrap it. So for Mullets and Memories this week, I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a great week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a. Sp-